Welcome to UPMICast. I'm Alex Cadet, today's host. We're discussing EPM user adoption strategies after a go live. To discuss this more in depth, we have Master Principal Solutions Engineer, James Rogers. We'll also be joined by EPMI's Vice President, Minnie Parikh. We'll discuss Oracle's built-in learning tools, EPMI's knowledge transfer strategies, and James will show us a demo on Oracle's guided learning tools at the end for those streaming on YouTube. Please subscribe and rate EPMICast on your favorite streaming platforms, and let's get this show started. Um, could you introduce yourself? Uh, I know we've met a couple times, uh, so I just thought, would like to know a little bit more about what you do at Oracle and uh, what brought us here today. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks. My name is James Rogers. I'm a solution engineer here at Oracle. A decade plus of EPM experience, both cloud and on-premise. Uh, I do have a uh, finance and consulting background, so not only been a, a customer of the product, but actually uh, implemented the product as well. Uh, and I'm based in Austin, Texas. Um, so Alex reached out to me and, and Minnie reached out to me um, around doing a podcast. And one of the things that's been very near and dear to my heart uh, is has always been education. Um, you know, many moons ago in my, one of my previous consulting experiences, I actually was part of Oracle education, I actually delivered, uh, ex- uh, education classes, um, in Houston. And, you know, one of the things that I always saw, and I, and I even saw it in my, uh, days in consulting was, you know, that user adoption, that change management is really a, a key piece of how you're going to, or if you're going to succeed in the cloud. And I'm glad that we're we're talking about this. And before we continue, I just want to introduce uh, Minnie, uh, who's also on the call today uh, from EPMI. Uh, Minnie, you want to say hi? Sure. Thanks again, James, for joining us. This is also a, a topic near and dear to me um, because I'm the head of operations and delivery at EPMI. And as you know, user adoption is at the core of continuing to deliver projects in EPM, right? So thanks again. Thanks, Minnie. You know, and one of those problems I'm sure you're, you're facing uh, during those implementations is, you know, there are these issues that come up, right? Uh, a lot of times customers will say, hey, this isn't working or uh, this is not what we thought it was going to be. But a lot of times, and from this uh, uh, IDC uh, survey we have here, over 80%, a lot of the problems in applications our user error, right? So it's not really the functionality of the software. It's more about user adoption and user training and understanding uh, how the software was designed. Um, I also wanted to make note here that, you know, 46% of applications aren't renewed uh, by year two. And that's simply because organization, organizations aren't seeing or perceiving that value uh, that was represented, right? And, and it comes down to all, again, frankly, user adoption and training. Uh, one more note that I wanted to make uh, about the industry, what I've seen so far is uh, since COVID and, and kind of the work from home uh, shift, uh, there's been a dramatic shift in in online learning, right? Uh, prior to COVID, there was kind of this, uh, if it's not in person, you know, it might not be worth it and things like that. Uh, but we've really seen a shift uh, in the industry to uh, an online learning and, and that, and 
that's really been a, a, a huge shift in the industry. And it's really been a huge shift in, in how people consume education, right? Consume it, but also leverage the tool itself um, to expose and, and to be able to help them uh, identify um, their needs and, and where people might have those challenges within the application. So Oracle does offer some uh, solutions when it comes to learning as well as uh, cloud adoption. The first is guided learning, which we'll actually show a demo a little bit later here. Uh, this is an in, uh, produ in your production application, a guided business process flow. So step-by-step, action-by-action, it actually walks you through uh, your particular use case. Uh, the other option is the MyLearn. Now, this is a new SaaS offering uh, offered by Oracle University, where you can actually manage all of your portfolio of education in one place. And I'll kind of show you what that looks like. Uh, the last is the certification program. And this is, of course, just a, a continuation of the MyLearning. So the last thing I wanted to talk about here before we can jump into the tool and actually look at some of these uh, pieces is uh, the entire process of the implementation really requires uh, multiple facets of learning, right? Um, when you think about UAT, user acceptance training, you really want your SMEs or your subject matter experts to be trained up, right? So that way that they have that true foundation. And, you know, MyLearn is that perfect use uh, or perfect solution for that use case where you're training up those SMEs to become powerful enough and in, in, to understand the application so that they can, you know, really increase that user adoption and, and be those true SMEs going forward for the application. But then there's also the component for your end users, not the SMEs, the folks that are actually inputting uh, or just using the software uh, for plans or for clothes, et cetera. Um, and that's where guided learning comes in. That's for those end users where they're actually in the live software and they need assistance while they're going through this planning or close process. Um, and those are the two tools that we offer, but we know that during implementations, there's a lot more. Uh, and I know EPMI does a great ton of that. Minnie, do you want to speak to some of those components? Sure, absolutely. Thanks, James. So um, as you mentioned, throughout the implementation, you see here in the cycle, there's the preparation or initiation of the implementation. And our approach is that we engage the SMEs throughout the process of requirements, design, build, and all the way through the engagement so that they can, from week one or two of requirements, start to see whether it's a demo cloud application or it's, you know, one of their applications. We're prototyping all the time, but we're also sharing what the future state options are um, because that may shift, you know, how much engagement and adoption there is. So I think that's a core part of being able to make sure that not only throughout the project is their engagement, but how do you really make it stick? Um, one of the other things we do as part of change management and training is uh, have stakeholder surveys. So like you mentioned, there's different levels of involvement. There's the SMEs, there are people who are testers, and then there might be a third bucket, which are end users and expanded users. And then you also have executive stakeholders. So we'll send out a survey to gauge at every checkpoint how comfortable they are with the future state of their process evolving. You know, are they aware of what is going to be impacted? And we'll even get tactical in terms of, okay, how many people have prior experience in Oracle EPM in the cloud versus on-premise? 
And that guides our training agendas and approach for a joint strategy. So I think you're right. It starts at the very beginning, and then it needs to continue with guided learning and out-of-the-box features, as well as engagement within the customer's organization. Yeah, great to hear. And and I remember from my consulting days, you know, um, that no, those knowledge transfer sessions, the documentation that you're left with uh, at the end of an implementation, those are key, right? Those are key. Um, not that they're the only component, but they're one of the pieces to the puzzle when it comes to the overall adoption. So, um, you know, in your experience, when you, you know, in your consulting days, or even now, when you notice the client going through an evolving um, situation where maybe personnel has changed or their organization is changing in terms of who owns the applications, what do you see them leveraging? What would you like for them to change? You, like you said, you see them leveraging a lot of online training. There's also guided training. Um, but what have you seen be most effective? And I'm sure it varies depending on the size and nature of the organization. But what's most successful um, in your observation? The most successful thing is uh, going back to that SME conversation, right? You, you, If you want training and enablement to truly work, um, you have to connect it to their business, right? To what they do internally. And, you know, as a consultant, uh, even as a solution engineer today, I know Oracle UPM software very well, um, but I, I don't know their processes very well, right? I, I get to learn them. I get to know them. But that's where those SMEs really come in. And they're, to me, they're the they're the keystone to true enablement to not, not that all the other things don't matter, right? Uh, executive alignment matters and user adoption training matters. Um, but those SMEs are key because... One thing you want to fight for um, when it comes to education, as you, you know, education is typically that thing that's put on the back burner, right? It's, hey, it's phase two, it's phase three of the implementation. And by the time you get to phase two, phase three, you might be out of money, you might be out of time, education just gets tossed to the side. Um, where my success uh, that I've seen with my cloud customers uh, and in my consulting days was bringing that education up front, right? Bringing that, bringing that a piece up front to say this is foundational to the future success of everything. So it's really more changing the mindset internally around education and, and user adoption that it's not this thing that we're going to worry about later down the road. It's something we need to worry about now, right? So I think it's two things, right? It's changing that mindset of education and kind of the culture around education. And then two, it's it's finding those SMEs to really help you sell the vision of education internally uh, to that customer. That's a good point. And I think in order to change the mindset, you have to get very clear with your organization what the benefits are. So you alluded to entering a plan or a budget or a forecast. At the end of the day, do you want that to be accurate and a painless process for your people so that when you hold them accountable to those numbers, and that process that you have a positive experience all around. And I think that's critical because at the end of the day, if those benefits aren't clear, you won't be able to evolve the attitude towards training and you won't be able to pull up that timeline. Um, we've delivered custom training on top of the train the trainer. Our recent one was you know, 250 global users, time zone coordination, but at the end of the day, because of that investment that the client made, um, they had a very positive first forecast you know, for the quarter after go live. And I think that really was a testament to what you're saying is because leadership prioritized, we need that accurate forecast to decommission these legacy tools and gain that ROI. Let's change our attitude around it. Let's invest in it, right? Um, in the in the past as well, um, and, and also what you're seeing today, 
What are some of the challenges um, that you see customers go through with training? Sometimes it's time commitment. You know, sometimes it can be, I guess this goes hand in hand. Uh, hey, we have a day job, right? And so it's hard to dedicate additional time. Um, of course, it's about priorities, but what are some of those challenges that you would advise customers to be aware of, you know, um, going into the process? So the challenges, of course, is, is always time, right? It's always time. There's always competing priorities during implementation. Uh, the focus is more on, you know, getting data and numbers to tick and tie versus can these people, you know, access the system. So, of course, like you mentioned, it's priorities. But the, the other challenges that I see is are, are um, change management internally. So a lot of times there isn't a project manager. They kind of lean towards the SI to uh, an internal project manager. They lean towards the SI to kind of guide them through this process. Sometimes uh, the customers that I interact with, this is their first cloud experience. Right. This is their, and maybe they haven't done an uh, an upgrade in ten years, right? And for any kind of software, right? So, just the uh, the knowledge around how implementations work, what to expect, how to expect, those are the kind of challenges that I see. Um, the other things that I see is, uh, especially for customers that are going from on-prem Hyperion uh, to the cloud, is you know they loved Hyperion, they love the you know uh, the Hyperion tool set but they still could not keep their users from getting away from Excel, right? Uh, and, and by Excel, I mean just offline spreadsheets, not smart view or anything like that, but just taking information offline. Um, one of the challenges uh, is we want users to, you know, one of the one of the claim to fame that I always say in, in uh, my cycles is I want to increase user adoption and decrease user error. Um, and getting those users off those offline Excel spreadsheets, um, it's a challenge, right? And again, I think it comes down to a cultural change, right? Do you, do you from a leadership standpoint, are you going to allow this, right? Are you going to allow users to go offline in Excel? Are you going to allow that to be a part of your planning process? Are you going to allow that to be a part of your close process, right? Um, and sometimes that culture change happens, and sometimes it doesn't, right? Um, and, and I think that's where... You know, uh, it takes a bit of effort from from for there to be some sort of change agent uh, internally to to make that happen. That's a really good point because um, as customers are expanding their footprint in EPM Cloud, the need for those change agents, the need for a defined EPM operating model is increasing. And I think a core aspect of that is continuous learning, continuous training. And so we've seen a hub and spokes model um, that has tended to work really well, where it's an EPM center of excellence, let's say, and someone is responsible for keeping on top of new features and then Let's say one of those new features is going to make it really easy to take an offline process and move it to the cloud. Maybe there are certain enhancements that weren't there before that now EPM offers, and there's a real hard ROI that they can then take up the change, get that endorsement from leadership to then invest in training and invest in adopting these new processes. So I think having, like you said, that change agent, but a center of excellence of, okay, who is monitoring and doing the regression testing on existing functionality? Who's looking at new stuff? Who's keeping their pulse on things that could continuously improve the efficiencies of the organization? And you're if you're having to go back and retrain on simple processes like loading data, you know, it's 
then you're losing time. So what is that continuous learning methodology where you're reinforcing concepts, but you're also keeping the pulse on, on new things coming up? And I think Oracle has been great about, you know, publishing those new features and, and roadmap information. Um, so in addition to that, what do you think in terms of the medium uh, has been most effective? So you alluded to people shifting primarily virtual, as you know, from the conferences and those hands-on labs, that in-person training is extremely helpful. What is a good mix you think um, that you've seen work in terms of what those training needs are and, and how to meet them? What channels you know, and mediums have worked best? Yeah, uh, first off is Oracle does offer what's called a customer success manager. And that CSM really is that, that keystone to, like you mentioned, keeping you having that continuous update of education, having that continuous look back on how well are we doing, right? Um, but the the modes that I've seen uh, best work recently uh, since COVID started is, like you said, a mix of in-person and remote. So um, I agree with you wholeheartedly, 100%. Uh, and then, again, this is just a personal opinion of mine, but in-person training to me uh, is 10x better than, you know, virtual. And I think to your point, it's that it's that personal interaction, that that ability when you're in training to focus, right? Because if you're remote, a lot of times it's really easy to kind of squirrel away and work on other things um, and not truly focus. But I think what we what I've seen most often happen is plan the in-person events. Those that can join will join, um, and you know there'll still be a remote option. So it's more of the education is now a dual-faced education where we're not just focused on in-person. We're not just focused on remote. It's a remote and in-person similar event, right? It's the same event, but we have both modes going on at the same time. Uh, that's a good point because um, recently when we delivered that custom training to a large number of users, we collaborated with the customer to make sure, okay, have all the prerequisites been met? Everything from an operating system to the version of SmartView versus, you know, I was thinking about the in-person training center days and you just come in, the machine is already loaded up on everything you need. But there's obviously trade-offs of both, you know. Um, the other angle of this, too, is collaborating, whether, you know, EPMI is the vendor or somebody else. I think a lot of customers underestimate some of that time involved before a successful training is done. So it's not just about the technical prerequisites, but what examples are really going to hit these concepts home? Because I think you hit on this. It really matches your business process. And that could vary by division, by cost center, right, region. Um, so are you really providing the right representation for those training classes so that you're not only learning from each other, but you're learning the relevant content that's going to make these concepts stick because it means something to your business process rather than generic training. So I, I think that's very important as well. Now, uh, uh, James, I know you planned and promised uh, a demo on Oracle's Guided Learning. Um, would you like to jump into that? Yeah, absolutely. Let's go ahead and take a look. Okay, great. So um, I call uh, Guided Learning the remote of the EPM Cloud, uh, mainly because it looks like a remote uh, here on the right side. It's just a little widget. Uh, you install it um, and uh, identify your URL address that you want to use uh, for the particular guided learning environment. And then it's installed on your production application. And we give you several out-of-the-box templates that you can leverage and, and run with. Um, but to your point, Minnie, I think one of the things that I've seen with a couple of my cloud customers is 
personalized or configured uh, education, right? And, and that's something that guided learning can do here as well. So not only do we have the out-of-the-box templates that you could leverage, but of course, personalized um, guided workflows. Now, what this tool does is it's an actually uh, a guided workflow in your production application. And, you know, I remember back in my days in finance, um, and accounting, we would have a, a Word document that somebody grabbed some screenshots that were like three years old, and um, it was saved on a SharePoint site that was, you know, hopefully you had access to, and it got stale really quick, really quick. Uh, that's the difference here is that this is, like I mentioned, embedded uh, live in your live production application, and users can actually work through a guided workflow. So I just clicked on this one here uh, called Interplanning Data and Financials. And you can start with little videos, little clips, like an overarching video, um, but then it starts to walk you through the process. So notice it tells me, hey, James, select financials, select expense. And so this is a much different world than most people are used to, right? In the sense that I don't have to know the steps, right? I don't have to know where to click, what to click. The system is telling me or guiding me through these steps, right? So that way I'm not, you know, I'm not relying on a three-year-old uh, Word document that's, you know, stale as can be. Um, and, and here's the other key is a lot of times when you talk about that in-person training uh, for those end users, they might go to that training six months ago, right? And then now they're in the actual planning process or now they're in the actual close process and they're like, oh man, what? Oh, I got to think about that training I went to six months ago, right? It needs to be, and, and customers are looking for this more now, is training and enablement needs to be included in, as part of the application or the software, right? And that's what we're seeing here. So, you know, if you need to add different examples of how to input this data, if you want to have these beacons or these uh, flashing beacons uh, that people can be notified of, the, of these particular components, it really helps alleviate those issues that tend to happen uh, where it comes, you know, people come in and they're brand new, they're brand new FTE, they're ramping up and they just... What do I do? How do I do this? What do I click? Um, it's it's really removing um, that that user error, right, and increasing that user adoption. Are you saying I don't have to budget hours and hours on screenshot time for our admin guides anymore? What do you, is that what this means now? Yes, that's what that <laughs> we can means. put that back into the application development. Get more cool stuff. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely, and you know it's things like that along with. Um, the planning task manager, right? So we just exposed um, uh, a couple months ago, the close manager that was part of the financial close suite uh, has now been moved to the platform. And so we can leverage this in planning. And what that means for users is, you know, while I'm going through the planning process, not only do I have the guided learning, uh, this widget at my fingertips, but now I have a more robust task manager. So when I'm going through the actual plan, I don't have to be confused about uh, what tasks do I need to complete. It's right here on my home screen. I have a guided system down here on the right where I can actually see instructions, my standard operating procedures around this. I can communicate with alerts. I can require questions, right? So that way when users are completing these tasks, uh, if I try to submit this, I can't, right? Because I need to comply with this, this question, right? I need to answer this before I move on. Right. And so having this um, audit trail around uh, all of your tasks, right, gives you a different 
you than you did before from a planning perspective, right? Having that enablement uh, for users to actually complete the tasks on time. And then for you as an administrator to see the compliance of those tasks. N not only does it uh, manage for end user uh, task management and really increase that user adoption, there's also the admin component, right? So for administrators to be able to, to now say, okay, how well are we doing completing these tasks? So we have compliance views. And again, this can be from a planning perspective, forecasting perspective, and of course, like we always had from a financial close or account reconciliation perspective. Uh, but what this allows me to do now is to really identify from a planning perspective, you know, how well am I tracking on these tasks, right? Who has too much on their plate? Do I need to move things around, et cetera? Um, being able to have these insights on compliance, I think, is really key on not only how well you're tracking on your plan, but how well are you managing internally all the tasks that need to be complete. And real quick on the task manager component, I know from the um, close users that it also serves as a single place for any reference documents that people may need to, you know, refer back to for entering their budget, their forecast, something, you know, it could be an internal SharePoint site or another document. Is is that kind of the goal here that it's a one-stop shop to be able to complete everything you need to do um, in the application and then have this guided experience around that? Absolutely, many and and you know that's the one thing I'll bring back up this uh, the instructions tab. Uh, you can add you know document attachments. You can add to your point uh, URL strings if the you want to bring them back to a company website uh, for documentation purposes. Um, but that's that's the key here that it's now become a one stop shop for all the tasks and not just your closing consolidation tasks, but all your tasks across the company, right? So whether like, again, maybe planning or forecasting tasks, it's a single spot now to manage that entire process. So beyond tasks, um, the other thing that I wanted to share uh, today is a couple of other key components around um, user adoption. And one of the things that I, I see key uh, when it comes to user adoption uh, is just having inline uh, help. Uh, what I mean by that, is I'm going to go back to my home screen here. And uh, whenever I'm planning, uh, so whenever I'm on, in, in this case, uh, in this example, I'm looking at a strategic model here. One of the new features that we added to the cloud is there's two help options. So on any screen in the EPM cloud, you can click the help button. This will bring you to our documentation website. Great website has all the documentation based on the type of user you are, an administrator, a user, an integrator, we have defined tasks or built ready tasks for you to complete. Um, uh, but it's all great documentation here. But what I wanted to note here is we've added a new option here called help on this topic. So depending upon what screen you're on, and again, this could be at any screen uh, within the EPM cloud, if you click the help on this topic, it will actually bring you to the documentation for that component that you're on, right? So a lot of times, you know, with documentation and notice this brings me directly to strategic modeling, right? So I'm right there to the documentation that I need for that for that task that I'm looking at. So, you know, I remember back in the day before we, we had this option, uh, anytime I needed help, you know, I only got referred to the entire documentation website, right? And then I had to go search and find that information myself. Uh, versus now the help on this topic, it allows you to, you know, bypass that that search, right? You can go straight to the documentation that's required for this screen. A couple other um, components I wanted to talk about from a user adoption perspective. Um, one more was the academy. So this is something that's been a part of the EPM cloud 
Um, it, you know, again, it's one of those components that can really help your end users. Um, these are quick guides. These are quick videos, uh, five, you know, less than five minute videos, three to five minute videos around different components within the EPM cloud, right? So overview of financials, being able to configure workforce, et cetera. And really, I think these quick guides really help users when it comes to uh, understanding what the best practices are, but then also really starting to get an idea of what the EPM cloud is, right? So it can also be, you know, a quick guide for um, understanding, you know, the EPM cloud, but then also for one-off situations, right, where they're trying to understand different components. On that note, James, uh, what what's your take on when a customer would use guided learning, task manager, the academy? So, for example, if someone is brand new to EPM, do you, you know, recommend them to start in the academy versus, hey, we need a refresher, go here. What's your take on that just to kind of frame up the tools? Yeah. So uh, there's a lot, right? But just like with every um, option, there's a, there's a lot of different avenues, right, to solve different uh, components. I would say the first place I would start with uh, is actually the MyLearn. So Oracle offers uh, the MyLearn subscription. This is your, essentially your uh, landing page for all education across, not just EPM, but across your entire Oracle footprint, right? So whether it be CX, HCM, ERP, that kind of gives you that one-stop shop and it allows you to manage, you know, your library of context. So here's all of your documentation. Uh, and then you could of course have a dashboard around the different uh, components that uh, you're actually working on from an education perspective. So I would say the MyLearn is really the, the what I would say the, the hub, uh, if you will, for most of the education. But within the application, um, I would say the academy is really just uh, in application uh, guides, uh, really just kind of as a starter kit um, and really kind of an overarching education. So this might be something that would be great at the beginning, just kind of an overview type of uh, explanation. I would say guided learning, of course, is for the more advanced education users, the, the folks that really want to see inline production level ready uh, type of uh, education uh, or guided workflows in the app. Um, but this would be something that would be more for the end users, right? Uh, and then the SMEs would lean typically more on the uh, MyLearn, right, where they're actually uh, getting certified on a particular business process. Um, I know there's a lot, but um, like I said, I think each solves their own little issue. Um, each solves their own different component. And I think that MyLearn has really become that hub now. This has really become that hub of education. So that way you have a one place to kind of manage all of your education resources um, in a single spot, right? Um, not to discount any of the in-application um, education, uh, but of course that's in-app versus managing holistically, right? Perfect, thank you, that, that helps a lot. Um, so the last thing I wanna talk about from a user adoption perspective is our navigation flows. Um, and really I bring this one up because if you're an on-prem Hyperion customer and you're moving to the cloud, uh, one of the big differentiators that we have uh, from on-prem to cloud is our navigation flows. And these navigation flows really change the user experience um, that individuals have with the application. And what I mean by that is if you're in marketing, 
right? If you're in the marketing uh, group uh, within your company, you're going to have a different experience with the application, right? You're going to have different cards, different clusters, uh, different forms to complete, um, essentially a different experience with the application. Same thing here. If you're in IT, right, you're going to have a different experience, right? A different navigation flow with the application. And really, I think that's key because one thing, you know, that, I, that I've noted with my cloud customers is being able to help users um, really identify what they need to complete seamlessly without them having to, you know, click down a list, find their own stuff, right? You need to guide them. And navigation flows really help guide users to the experience that you want them to have based on their security role. Right. So it's not just security like on-prem Hyperion was where essentially security was kind of the only way that you would change a user's interaction with the application. Now with the with the cloud, we have navigation flows to help really identify what those business processes are, what those business flows are for your users, and then identify those, create those. And that way, when they log in, they're having that similar experience um, on the same common platform, but all different experiences based upon their role within the company. I'm really glad you mentioned that because we have everything from planning customers that are using the reporting capabilities and then closing consolidation customers using reconciliations all within the EPM cloud. And navigation flows really help make sure that everyone is seeing exactly what they need to. And again, you're designing the application with the user in mind, which overall helps adoption. So thank you for touching on that as well. Yeah. You know, and many, I'd ask you uh, from an education perspective at, at EPMI um, or, or just a training and enablement, um, where do you see the future going uh, with training and enablement, uh, especially for, for implementers? That's a good question. I think like you mentioned and we talked about, it, it, it is more of a hybrid approach, but I also see that continuous enablement being a big part of what's successful for us because now we have a lot of repeat customers that are expanding their footprint. So through our managed services connection and our support connection, we are seeing how easily they're adopting the application. Are the support issues, like you said, user error related? Or are they bigger than that? So now we're finally collecting the data points we need to continuously improve our offerings, hit the mark on the topics, right? And like we were talking about change the offering um, so it's more relevant. But that's where I see the future is let's collect that data point of what kind of issues are we encountering? Is it because they're new to EPM Cloud? Is it because they're just new to having an Excel to application process in general? Um, I think that's all very interesting and we need to calibrate that into a, a newer offering as we proceed post-pandemic especially. Agreed. And we're, I'm seeing that in the guided learning and the from Oracle Education as well. Uh, they're starting to rule out uh, analytics around education. So uh, how many users are clicking on this form? How many users are using this guided learning business process flow? Um, if they aren't using it, why do we have, right? you know, um, if they if they are, if 100 people are using it, well, maybe we need to get everybody to use it, right? So uh, I agree. I think data uh, becomes that next key because education is always this kind of surface level um, analysis, right? But I think you're right. The next step is true data analytics around education and and leveraging the, that, those data analytics to, to make the whole experience better for, for the customer. Well, I think that's a good segue because we'll be tracking the views on this podcast and we're going to be sharing it with all of our customers so they know all the learning offerings. So thank you for that, James. <laughs> You got it. And uh, thank you for the shirt uh, I got from uh, Gayscope. So I really, uh, really appreciate that as well. 
Of course, we uh, appreciate you sporting EPMI swag. <laughs> yeah, James and Minnie, thank you, thank you for the insights around user adoption. Uh, we haven't had a demo on EPMI cast, so thank you, James, for uh, that special edition there. So you're welcome back anytime. Absolutely. Thanks for having me, guys. All right. Have a good day, everybody.